1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 429. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, why you don't need to waste your money on extended warranties. The industry's move to combat scam calls. And in the celebrity tech segment, we talk to Australian cricket legend and avid photographer, the one and only Steve Waugh. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a listen to the new Jabra Elite 85T noise-cancelling earphones, Apple names its top apps of the year, and we'll round up some more Christmas gift ideas for you as well and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, it's a busy time of year for shoppers and where it's it's not uncommon when especially when you're buying big items uh, expensive items TVs large appliances coffee machines all these sorts of things where you're spending a few hundred and few hundreds and, and possibly a few thousands of dollars it's not uncommon for a retailer to offer you uh, to pay a little bit extra for an extended warranty and in years gone by, this was something that people were willing, willingly did. They handed over hundreds of extra dollars to go beyond the traditional one-year warranty, the traditional 12-month standard warranty that comes with every product that you buy, and to take that up to five years uh, as a warranty. Because I think the, the, the notion back then was the fact that the, once the 12-month warranty were, had expired – Customers were under the impression that if something went wrong a, a year and one day after they purchased that product, that they were left high and dry. And this, this extended warranty was their only rescue, their only insurance policy against being left with without a out of product, a, a working, a non-working product. So again, they, they, the retailers were, were really preying on this and and upselling customers' for hundreds of extra dollars. Now, a recent survey by Choice magazine, the Choice group there, the consumer watchdog, said that one in five Australians are still paying for extended warranties on items, uh, especially electrical products, but yet they're not aware that it's a total waste of money because we are covered by Australian consumer law. It's already, this is already our right to have this sort of protection that retailers are selling us something we already have. Now I've had a lot of responses on, on Twitter about I've written this, wrote this story on on Tech Guide and I've had a lot of responses uh, from people saying, well, this should be illegal and uh, th- this is criminal. Well, it, it's it's not illegal for someone to sell you something you already have. If you've if you've got a car and you, someone wants to sell you another car, then it's up to you whether you want to buy that car or not. Uh, and again, it's up to you whether you want to have this extended warranty on behalf of the store or with your current rights. But un- unlike a product, you can, if you buy two products, you've got two different items, but with an extended warranty, you've got you're buying you're kind of buying the same thing. so it's it's no point doubling up. One in five Australians, according to choice, are still paying for these extended warranties, not knowing. I had one guy last week. A friend of mine, uh, on Twitter, are saying, "Look, I've got, a, I've got this great deal. Um, I've I'll, I'll been, I'm going to buy this TV for four and a half thousand dollars, and they're offering me, uh, uh, an- another another four hundred for, for four hundred eighty dollars over four years for an extended warranty. Should anything go wrong, this was Harvey Norman. The TV was worth. Um, he was paying." Three thousand six hundred dollars for the TV, and they were offering four hundred and eighty over four years. That's just free money for them. Uh, should anything go wrong, full replacement. He, he said it's worth nine hundred. So th- they were telling him that he had a his extended warranty was discounted. So they were offering him nine hundred for the extra, uh, extended warranty. This, this is Harvey Norman. They were saying, look, we'll do you a deal. We'll give you, instead of paying 900 for something you already have a right to, how about you do it for 480 And that's kind of thinking that they're doing the customer a favour. Luckily, this guy tweeted me saying, I've got a pretty good deal here, and I'll actually read you my response. I said, sounds good, but the extra warranty is a ripoff. I wouldn't pay that. Under Australian consumer law, you're covered because a TV of that value has a reasonable expectation to operate for five years. If it doesn't, despite there only being a 12-month warranty, you'd still be entitled under Australian consumer law to a free repair or replacement. So he, he got back to me saying, wow, I didn't realise. I'm so glad I messaged you. Now, there are a lot of people who have responded to this story in the same way. And reporting that that major retailers JB Hi-Fi, I've heard Harvey Norman. Uh, uh, this is this is again another upsell for them, free money for them that are that are asking or, or try, tr- dealing with customers how I just described here, tell, telling them, look, this extended warranty is normally worth this much money. We're going to give it to you for half price, thinking they're doing the customer a favour, and. <laughs> they're 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 not doing them a favour at all because it is actually their right. I'm going to read one other message I had from a from a uh, a reader as well talking about this uh, and in reply to my tweet on this story. And again, Harvey Norman involved. The salesman at Harvey Norman was amazed when I refused his offer of an extended warranty when I purchased six thousand dollars of kitchen appliances. I explained I knew my consumer rights. He offered no response. This is the guy who tweeted me, He, this is his words, there should be government-sponsored TV ads advising consumers of their rights. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening to this is aware of this and also aware Australian consumer law has a very big, a very large umbrella of protection for customers. And as we're leading into Christmas, I think it's really important that you understand what your rights are because... Come Boxing Day, there will be occasion where you need to return things. You want to exchange things. Something's not working. So you really need to know these rights as well. Now, apart from the extended warranty, which I've explained pretty thoroughly right now, that's something that's on your side. So if there is something that happens even beyond the 12 months, don't despair. The law is on your side. But just about another couple of things to keep in mind as well. Customers are under the impression that, say, a large item, I'll use the TV as the example again. If something like that plays up, it's actually it's the store's responsibility to sort that out for you. So if you bought an LG TV, for, an exa- for example, and you bought it from JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman, whoever, they can't tell you to chase that up with the manufacturer. You are their customer. You are the store's customer. They have to represent you. And with a large item like a TV or a fridge or anything else that, that can't be just put in the boot of your car, they are obliged to organise a, a pickup and delivery once it's fixed or replaced. Or, 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 so, so that's another thing people are unaware of. They're thinking, oh, how am I going to get it to the store? It's too much of a hassle. Well, it's, not, it's their hassle. It's their problem, not your problem. Even if you don't have the original packaging, that's no reason for you to be refused a refund or a replacement. That does not matter. If you don't have the original receipt, as long as you can prove your purchase on a credit card statement, for example, that works fine as well. And if you walk into a store that has a sign that says they don't offer refunds, they are breaking the law. I've still seen there's little signs in the corner saying, we don't offer refunds, choose carefully. They're actually breaking the law. That is illegal under the Australian Consumer Law. It changed around seven years ago, ACL, so it is on our side. But don't fall for that extended warranty. You don't need it. That's hundreds of dollars out of your pocket that should stay in your pocket. And don't let anyone think they're doing you a favour by offering you an extended warranty. These are your rights to have that extended warranty and that protection under Australian Consumer Law. If you want to read more about that story and the, uh, the stats from Choice, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, here's another big issue we've been dealing with, and that's scam calls. I'm sure any of you listening right now have had a scam call, whether it's on your home phone, on your mobile and it is a growing problem that thankfully ACMA has decided to engage the Australian Communications and Media Authority I'm talking about, ACMA. They've established a new industry code to combat the alarmingly growing numbers of scam calls that are targeting Australians. And, not, this, and we're not talking nuisance just because it's a nuisance. It's costing us money. This is costing us millions of dollars per year. Just in 2020 alone, it's cost Australians $35.6 million. And I reckon that figure's probably lower than the actual figure because there'd be a few people who may be a little bit embarrassed to, to admit that they, they were scammed. They might have thought, oh, it's only a couple hundred bucks, I won't report it. And I reckon that figure's probably over $40 million. Because there'd be a lot of people in that boat who were just too ashamed to admit that they were fooled. They're embarrassed about it, and a lot and these scam callers, uh, they've fallen prey to them. They don't want to admit that, so uh, that that that's the other issue there as well. So, but but this this is a growing problem because for the first time now, it's good to see that ACMA has rallied all the telcos because the calls are coming in through these networks through their their exchanges. And we need to we need them to cooperate to create this this list this data this database this this way for us to help block calls avoid even receiving the calls monitor the networks look for different call characteristics that indicate a likelihood that a scam is happening share information between service providers and with the regulators trace the origin of scam calls as well, and also combat. This what they call number spoofing. So what happens here? You get a, you get an, a, a scam call. Chances are that that calls originating from another country. Now the chances of you answering a call from a foreign country's country code and this big long number are probably like close to zero. I wouldn't answer that call if it's coming in from another part of the world. I'm thinking, who's this? But if it comes in 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 the, and appears to be an Australian mobile number. Or a number for a Melbourne number or a Sydney number, wherever you happen to live, Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide, the Northern Territory. If, if it looks like a local Aussie number, you're more likely to answer the phone. And so that's what they're doing. This number spoofing is where they can imitate a number to disguise the fact that it's an overseas call. I'll tell you a story that happened that the, a friend of mine had, had an unusual call and a, a woman called him to say, I just received a call from your mobile. And it, w- it was like a like a robot scam call. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. So that's how random it is. So they just imitated his, his number, made it appear on her phone. She's called that number back and got my friend. That's like a million to one shot that, that of all the billions of combinations of 10-digit mobile numbers, that they would choose one that someone has, and they get a call back saying, "What the hell are you talking about?" Well, why are you calling me about this? So that that's just an example of the how the spoofing works, and how could it could they could make your the number appear on your screen. It Could be uh, a Melbourne number, Sydney number, another. It could be your mobile number they're using. So again, another reason why they really the telcos need to cooperate to try to bring these under control. And, and what people need to understand as well is that these scam callers. Organised, they run big call centres. It's a very lucrative business. As you can see, just in Australia, we've lost 35 million. We're just one country in the world. Imagine all the other countries. Imagine the US, Europe, all these bigger countries, China, India. Imagine all these bigger countries that are that are falling victim here. So this is a lucrative industry. So don't think this is just some t- couple of blokes in in a back office, a little two bit operation. This is thousands of people in call centres reading scripts and trying to get your money. Now, the most common ones, I've even heard them myself, the robot calls about the ATO. We've put you under a criminal investigation, a criminal hold on your accounts. Uh, The police will come to arrest you. There's an arrest warrant issued in your name. If it's a robot call, hang up. It's a scam, okay? Forget that. But they can be very clever with other scam calls. Ones to look out for if someone's rep, look they're, they're, they're saying they're from a certain company, ask them for their number where their office is located, ask for a number to call them back at a, at a more convenient time. If they hesitate then you know there's something wrong. Ask the question and if, if in any doubt you have any doubt at all hang up just just end the call. just just hang up on them. I had a call a scam call, where the person calling saying, oh, uh, sir, so we're just contacting you. We have some more information regarding your, your car accident last year. And it just so happened, this this was a couple of years ago, a few years ago, it just so happened I had I had a car accident the year before. Someone hit me. It wasn't my fault. I, I was involved in the accident. And I'm thinking, like it took, it took half a second for me to realise, oh, this is something dodgy going on here. And what I did, I thought, I'll test this bloke. And I asked the guy, I said, look, he had a bit of an accent. I don't know, like an Indian, a Pakistani accent, whatever it happened to be. And I said, "Look, um, yeah, yeah, that. Thank you for for that. Um, can you just refresh my memory though? What 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 what's the make of my my car? What model car was I driving?" And the guy, the guy took a second. and went, um, "This is how he answered me." He said, "Toyota Corolla." Like he was trying to guess, which it wasn't the right answer. And I, I let him know in in. In language I can't share with you right now, that I, I think that he's the scum of the earth, and he he started swearing back at me, so the game was up. But if if you suspect something to be not on, then hang up. Just don't engage. It's like to and another tip to another problem is is when you get a um, spam emails. Again, that that's a professional organization sending out these vast number of emails. If you, and I've seen people, they write back saying, you know, F off and all this sort of stuff to them. Doing that, responding to that in that fashion, turns your email from a one-cent email address to a dollar email address because you've just confirmed it's a valid email address. So you've actually made it worse by responding. Don't respond. Delete the spams. Just like the calls, don't, don't engage. Hang up. Report the number. Block the number if possible, and and just go from there. Do not engage with these people. If there's any doubt that you have, just 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 hang up. Don't don't go any further. If if it is a legit call and you've hung up, then they can call you back. If that if it's a legit call that they need to contact you. But just don't take the chance. If you are suspicious, hang up the phone. Don't fall victim to these scam calls. And good to see that ACMA are involved in this now and the telcos. So hopefully that figure, that's near 36 million dollars. Hopefully, that figure goes to zero, because we don't want these these bastards taking our money. And unfortunately, it's the elderly people, very trusting people, who think, "Oh, how nice are these people offering to help me with the virus on my computer?" Yeah, sure. Here's my credit card details. Please help me. And 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 their money's then they've lost their money. So look, let, let, let's all work together here. If you've got elderly parents or grandparents, help them. Just advise them if if they are receiving calls on their home numbers. Uh, tell, tell them not to, answer, to, to hang up the phone if there's any kind of doubt, take down numbers if they can to see if they can block them. And if you do happen to fall victim, if you think you do, then head over to scamwatch.org and report it because you reporting a scam can make other people aware of it. If you know of it, report it, and hopefully that will help other people to fall of falling victim and help them not to fall victim uh, to these scams. Good to see ACMA involved and the telcos. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. All righty, let's change pace here a little bit and we're going to get into our celebrity tech segment and we've got a beauty for you this week. We're chatting with Steve Waugh, Australian cricketing legend, former Australian cricket captain all-round good bloke, but also too he's he's been involved. He's got the Steve Warf Foundation, so he's very active uh, with charities and, and grants, uh, helping people in need. So uh, just on the field a champion, but also off the field an even bigger champion, helping people who who need need our help. And uh, he's actually also a very avid photographer. And uh, he's, he does, uh, in his travels, since he's been touring the world, playing cricket, but also now since he's retired, he does a lot of traveling, especially to the subcontinent. And uh, he took his camera with him back in January, and uh, took took more than 20,000 shots and put them together, actually, uh, into, into a coffee table book, which you can purchase. And that, the proceeds of that goes to the Steve Waugh Foundation. He's also opened an exhibition of those photographs uh, in Paddington, in the, in the Sydney suburb of Paddington, if you're in town and you do want to see that as well. I think they accept a gold coin donation for the Steve Waugh Foundation if you want to take a look at that as well. But we had a great chat about his, uh, his love of photography and how he, uh, he has been a, a, a photography fan for quite some time and how his skills have developed over the years, as has the technology. We did talk about also his, uh, his home and he, how, he, uh, how his relationship with technology in his personal life as well. But it was just a, an absolute thrill to be talking to none other than Steve Waugh. Well, we're thrilled to be joined by Steve War, cricketing legend and near professional photographer. I've got to say, Steve, how are you going?
0: <laughs> yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Excellent.
1: How you? How's the year been for you, mate? It's an unusual one. You're not you don't normally uh, you're normally doing a bit more travelling than than uh, than is allowed this yeah. year. How uh, How's the year been for you?
0: Yeah, well, it was uh, like everyone else. Um, you're pretty much confined to staying at home. But I was lucky enough to um, go to India in January for 18 days. Um, and doing this photography project called The Spirit of Cricket, so trying to capture why cricket is a religion through the camera lens, and I took a really good team with me, and we took 20,000 shots over 17 days and 30 hours of footage, so it was a really incredible project to be involved with. and I guess I was lucky to get that content because the next six, seven months I was home basically doing not much else, but besides putting this book and a documentary together,
1: absolutely, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about the uh, lucky you fit that trip in before the COVID lockdowns mm. and everything happened there, and you've now uh, you've published. Correct me if I'm wrong, a book, and there's also an exhibition that people can come in and uh, and and have a look at. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, well, I had this uh, project in mind a long time ago, and I went used to go to India on cricket trips and business and philanthropy. Um, I always saw these amazing scenes of kids and people playing cricket. All throughout India, I wanted to really capture what is the spirit of cricket. So uh, that's what I did. Um, took 20,000 shots, got that down to 220, and uh, produced this coffee table book called The Spirit of Cricket, which um, people can buy from our website, au. And at the same time, we filmed a documentary which um, aired on the ABC a couple of weeks ago called Capturing Cricket. And uh, alongside that, we're having an exhibition at uh, 21 Oxford Street in Paddington where my top 70 photos are uh, being exhibited.
1: I've seen them, mate. You've got some skill with the camera. How did you get into photography? When when, when did you pick up the camera and think, yeah, this isn't too bad? When was that?
0: <laughs> oh, look, I'm pretty much like everyone else, mate. I used to just take my camera regularly on tours and uh, put on the automatic setting and take a million photos and hope for the best and get a couple of shots back. But I guess I've had an eye for, um, you know, what's going on around the place. And I was always inquisitive and curious. Um, on this trip, I was lucky. I, I engaged the a services. A good mate of mine called Trent Park, an extra yep. player and photographer, and now one of the only only Australian ever to be invited is the Magnum Photo Agency. So he coached me for 70 days, and I ended up taking all the photos on the manual setting, trying to understand light and aperture and um, shutter speeds and all those sort of things, and uh, the end results were pretty good.
1: I I know Trent Parker. You worked with him at News Limited, so uh, yeah, not a bad teacher you got right there, yeah, mate. Very so, good. and good I, I, I know you your your brand of choice is Canon. I've actually met you at a couple of yep. Canon events over the years, and you've uh yep. so you, you're you right into the Canon cameras and lenses.
0: Yeah, look, I've used Canon uh, basically since 1986. So one of my first cricket trips, coincidentally, and then mm. I became a Canon ambassador for a number of years, and, and they funded the project, so they've been huge supporters and an amazing company, and I. I say to people now, um, you know, what's the difference between, you know, the Canon cameras and the iPhones? I said, well, iPhones are a bit like playing a, a game of T20 cricket. Everyone can do it. It's quick. It happens really you know, easily, and away you go, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty simple to do. But uh, using a proper camera is a bit like a test match. You've got to set up the scene and uh, a bit of gut feel, a bit of intuition. You've got to get the settings right, and you've got to be patient and, and determined. So um, to me, it was like playing test cricket with a camera.
1: What a great analogy. And and what's what's one of the tips that – that Trent really stuck, like that he taught you, That that's really stuck with you over mm. the years, kind of. I, I guess it's yeah. not only just controlling the camera, but it's composition, lighting. So what are some of the yeah. tips he taught you?
0: Yeah, look, lighting's obviously the key. The first hour of the day, the last hour, the two best hours. But um, yeah. look, it's about patience. And, and again, he, the analogy the cricket for me was, you know, um, a lot of um, intuition and gut feel is, um you know, prepare, set up the scene, um, get yourself ready, and then, let the characters come in, in and out of the shots and then you capture the moment when no one else is going to capture it so it's, um you've got to sort of be patient, um, you know and, and take take the big picture shot and then with me in India was, um, a lot of there's big shots where there's hundreds of people playing cricket then going close and, and get the, cl- the close shot so, um, but yeah light is obviously important um, and try and capture the mood and the attitude of what's going on so and making a connection with the people you're, you're taking the photographs of so you know, might be yeah. saying a couple of words or hello or telling them what you're doing and all of a sudden, you get you get that connection which um, comes through the lens when you take the shots.
1: For sure, you said you've been taking pictures since 1986. So, geez, you would have seen some changes in the technology. Were you using film back? Obviously, using film back then, and now you've seen <laughs> yeah, that's you've, right, yeah, been been a bit yeah. change, a lot of changes over the years.
0: Oh, massive change! Like you're right, yeah, it was going from film, and then I, on my tour diaries, um, you know, someone once told me, oh, you should take slides film; it's a better photo So I've got like thousands and thousands of boxes of slides, which are still in boxes. I still haven't got those together. But, yeah, a lot of those early shots were done on slides. Um, and that used to be fun, a fun project because you take a couple of weeks to actually get your photographs back and you weren't sure what you had. So every time you got the, the box of slides back, it was like like Christmas. You know, you go through them and hope, hopefully you get some really good shots out of it.
1: How things have changed, though. How quick is it? Quick and easy is it now to see what yeah. you shot instantly? Uh, so is that yep. so when you're taking your images are you do you prefer to are you looking through the viewfinder so using a DSLR are you using a, yep. a, a, the viewfinder or are you using the, the display on the back What what how do you operate
0: uh, look obviously you're looking through the, 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 the viewfinder and take the shots and then um, I, I want to quick, quickly check you quickly check see what you've taken because I mean I took 20,000 shots and uh, a lot of the times it did help I mean it, for instance um, one of my favourite shots was uh, we're at an orphanage uh, for, and this cricket team were going through their paces and we weren't allowed to take individual shots of the, the kids' faces, so that presented a challenge, particularly when this young boy was bowling really quick and trying to impress me. He was about six foot tall, only 14 years of age, and he was just running in the crease with such energy and enthusiasm. I wanted to capture that through the camera lantern, but I couldn't get a clear picture of his face. So the, the trick was to sort of slow the shutter speed down to get that blurred image so you still got the motion, um, the capture of the motion shot, uh, but I didn't capture his face in close-up um, detail. So that was one of my favourite shots, and that was... Um, Obviously, took a bit um, of practice, and I took a couple of hundred shots, and I take the shot, then I look through the viewfinder to see what I've got, and then eventually, I sort of knew I had the shot. So, yeah, right, modern technology definitely helps you, because without that, I would have taken all these shots and got back and thought, have I got the shot? But when I was there, I actually knew I had the shot.
1: And are you using, are you, have you embraced the mirrorless camera? Or are you still with a regular DSLR? What are you using?
0: Uh, EOS uh, 5D at the moment. And I haven't uh, used the mirrorless. Uh, one of my first good things about it. But, yeah, um, the EOS R. Yeah.
1: yeah, not bad cameras. The EOS R yeah, range. Yeah, very uh, nice.
0: Yeah, apparently. But the one thing Trent did tell me was he said, don't get too um, carried away with you know, you know what cameras and what lenses. And he basically told me to use a 24 to 70 mil lens for the yep. whole trip. which I a good range, 80% yeah, of photos and yep. then 70 to 200 for some longer shots. And then uh, the one that I really enjoyed was going to the Battenball factory in a place called Mayroot, and um, the guys were doing hand-stitching cricket balls. And I got out the macro lens and got an amazing close-up of this guy's hand. He's about eighty years that. of age, yeah. hand-stitching a ball. So that was one of my favorite so, so it was good fun to experiment, but he just said, look, don't get too caught up in um, your settings and your lenses. Just um, you know, um keep it really simple, and that was, um, I guess, the same sort of advice when you're playing sport keep it really simple
1: i remember a few years ago just getting off the photographies for a second i remember a few years ago you did a i wrote about the uh scg they did this augmented reality virtual reality that 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 was a bit of a process so you had to get did you had to go in the motion capture suit to recapture your 2003 (laughs) innings tell us about Uh,
0: that yeah yeah i did that was um yeah look for me uh, it's technology i mean i i laughed at laughed about all the time with by my kids saying I'm useless and I can't <laughs> use it properly and I'm battling through it mate like i 55 year old so I'm no, no expert but that um, augmented reality stuff and uh, you know artificial intelligence and capturing it um, you know wearing the suit was um, it was a real challenge it was good fun and it was a lot harder than I thought you know because I said let's just play that iconic shot where you hit the four off the last ball at the SCG and, um, wow. and that was sort of 15 years ago and I didn't realise but when I look back at the footage I had all these sort of free movements and Little, um, little, um, habits I used to do at the crease and, uh, trying to reenact those and get them exactly right it took, took me a couple of hours to do it because it was just, um, back then it was natural, but after 15 years, I didn't really remember exactly how I moved. So it was, it was a real challenge to get that.
1: Oh mate, people would have known how you. Oh, oh, I know myself. I've watched that. they have watched the, the highlights of that innings for many times. So I seeing it yeah. replicated was brilliant. I, I, the story I read, you had the motion capture suit. They had a the real, yeah. real detailed reproduction of, of your face. It was a brilliant. It was done by the SCG, wasn't it? So that that was a fantastic one yeah, yeah. it award. some
0: sort of. Yeah, it was. It won some sort of award. It was. Uh, it's amazing what technology can do. It to so it transport you back to that time and then put people in your place and they can sort of just imagine what it was like to be there and even play that shot. So, um, you know, it's, it's great going forward that technology can help and, um, you know, particularly people who, who um, you know, in, in my space, in the charity space, um, it really helps a lot of the kids that we support, um, the modern technology, particularly, um, you know, eye gaze technology and iPads and things like that are really yeah. helping kids to uh, have a different life.
1: Uh, you mentioned, too, your kids make a bit of funnier. They don't think you're very tech-savvy, <laughs> mate. Is that right? Or are you, are oh, deep? mate, I'm
0: hopeless, mate. And you ask them for a bit of advice. I just laugh off and say, oh, you should know that. I can't <laughs> believe you don't know that. And they walk off and they think you're going to find out. So uh. I end up sort of Googling it and trying to work it out, and then you get into more of a mess. You know, I'm I'm pretty uh, – it's not one of my strengths, that's for sure.
1: And so are you using uh, – watch your phone? Are you your iPhone, man, or what are you using?
0: Yeah, yeah, iPhone, yeah, yeah I use that, and, um, you know, yeah, use that um, on a daily basis. I mean, I take the dog for a walk every morning and just this morning out on the beach for a couple of hours and, you know, getting some food. I love taking video footage, slow motion footage. And that's one thing Trent Park actually did with um, or showed me that um, whilst you're taking the photos, then also get some slow motion footage behind the scenes to back up the photos you've taken with the camera. And that yeah. was a really good tip. So, you know, you go back and you, you've got all these shots, but then it's nice to get some slow motion action shots, um, which really capture the moment as well.
1: Yeah, one good feature of the iPhone when you're shooting video is you can actually snap stills while you're shooting the video. Cool, I might learn already. There you go. This there morning. You go. <laughs> 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 and what about when you and do you edit your photos too or do you do that on a laptop? What do you do with your photos then? Um one, no,
0: that was a that was a so this was a big process. I went in a place called Sun Studios and, um, ah. and I sat with the guy we, we first I had to go through 20,000 photos and it took Yeah. probably about a week to do that and I went back over and over again um and then the process of editing and um, you know and fixing photos up because I didn't realise that every basically every photo you see is not 100 um, percent natural. There's always different pieces that are changed and moved and yeah. bits of colour added and the light taken out. So that was um, you know, when I settled off on the final um, 220 shots, then you've just got to go through and say does that need a bit of work? Or does that need touching up a bit to sort of make it um, you know totally presentable? So it's it's a long process. I sat there and, and watched um, the person do that, but. For myself, um, doing the whole process, um, it, it probably takes um, a bit of practice and a bit of expertise and a bit of knowledge.
1: For sure. Did you shoot in RAW? Is that what you were shooting, RAW or JPEG? Yeah, RAW.
0: That's yeah, that's what you've uh, got to do at, at this level when you, if you want those top quality photos. you always shooting RAW, and um, and that's something I wasn't really aware of before. Obviously, you got JPEG and RAW and different formats, but if you want to go ahead later and sort of uh, photoshop them or, or change the image and you've got to have it in that in that raw file
1: let's talk about your uh your your home have you got some tech at home i i know you you did a bit of a renovation or rebuild on your house recently did you yeah. i'm sure you would have packed that full of tech mate
0: uh look there's enough tech in here to confuse me mate that's for sure like, um, <laughs> i'm still trying to work at light switches and what goes where and what goes on so yeah the house is uh is pretty modern in that way and um you know it's um, got the smart home technology and. All those things. Um, so yeah, I'm still trying to embrace it and work out. I must admit, everything's sort of on a control or a timer, and yeah. and um, and think going on and off. And I going, what's going on here? So look, I'm a bit of a, um, a lost cause in a lot of that regard, but I'm trying to learn myself. You got the got the pool sort of on automatic timers, and lights going on and off in the driveway, and um, yeah. So it's um, I guess it's a modern house, and um, and I need to sort up my game.
1: Have you got um, you'd have security cameras, so you can monitor cameras on your phones and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's
0: right. Yeah, we've got the cameras got that all go those? back onto onto the phone. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great thing about yeah, technology. You certainly feel a lot safer these days. And, um, yeah, we've got cameras all around the place, and that goes back to the phone. So, and then you've got the video footage. If something happens, you can obviously go back and, and see what uh, – what's occurred so it makes you feel a lot lot safer in your home that's that's for
1: certain but I remember when we met a few years back we were at the canon I think it was a canon event to launch the online storage their online storage service and you were yep. you were I think you were in the uh, in the process of putting together a, like a home entertainment home theater system did you end up yeah. uh, how did that end up
0: yeah no no, that's good that's good we uh we didn't get a big uh do we sort of um Situation: We got a nice uh, big TV, Samsung TV, and um, a nice lounge and, um, and good speaker system. So, and the curtains go across. So, look, everyone seems to be happy. And it um, replicates like a bit of a mini mini theater. So, um, yeah, that's one of my favourite rooms in the house. I think most people love watching their movies. So, I would definitely recommend um, investing in a you know a good TV and a good sound system for that.
1: Especially now, when uh, I suppose most of the year we can't go anywhere, the movies were shut for a time <laughs> there. So, having that set up at home would have been pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, the kids are lucky these days. When I mean, uh, you know, we've been fortunate, that we haven't been too badly affected by COVID. But the amount of TV on these days—you know, with Netflix and Stan and Apple and Amazon Prime—I mean, it's um, the content is incredible. I remember growing up in the seventies, and we had uh, sort of Channel Seven, Nine, and Ten. And then uh, we thought it was Christmas when the ABC and SBS came online.
1: Yeah, and you—you you said your streaming services. You were a fan of Netflix and Stan and all those services? You got some favorite yeah, yeah, shows or series you've watched?
0: For Sure. Look, um, like I love watching document any documentaries. Um, I love real life stories. So um, yep. anything uh, in that regard, I love watching. And uh, and it's yeah, I had a chance to go back and watch some of the, the series that uh, that people were raving about. So you know, Breaking Bad. And yeah, I watched that whole series. I thought, oh, that's pretty good. I, I didn't really know much about it, but once I got into it, I loved it. And um, yeah, so all those sort of shows. But I'm more. I love the Aussie sort of shows, you know, like uh, Outback Oval Hunters and, and the, sort of the Gold Rush and all those sort of shows. So, um, yeah, any documentaries I'm into.
1: Did you, and I suppose sporting documentaries, did you, have you seen The Last Dance, you know, the Michael Jordan? Uh, did you yeah, see that?
0: Yeah, I have. What yeah, incredible. And, yeah, amazing. And really um, incredible footage and behind the scenes. And it gives you a real insight into his mentality and, and why he was so great. But he was also, at times, a tough, tough teammate as well. He was sort of, you know, he pushed his players to, get to his level, and that's why they won. But it was um, a really incredible
1: insight. Did you uh, catch on Amazon Prime the, the doco slash series about the Aussie Test cricket team?
0: Yeah, and I was obviously a part of that because I was over there last year in, uh, yeah. in the UK. And, um, yeah, and I was so impressed with the guy, Andre Major, that filmed it, that uh, he came with me on my trip to India. So Capturing Cricket, which was on the ABC, was filmed by Andre, the same guy did the Test. Yeah. Um and I just said, hey, "Mate, come on this trip. Uh, take your video camera. It's actually just a, a camera with um." And he's got he just films it behind the scenes, and um, he took 30 hours of this incredible footage, and uh, it wasn't meant to be a doco. But I just said, "Film it, see what happens." And then ABC loved it, and it turned it into that one-hour film. So, um, yeah, and, and he does a great job. And I think the key to that is uh, that people don't see him. Now. And whilst I was in England, he, he didn't even know he was in the room, but he was filming everything. So. Came across as really natural.
1: And what are the plans for the foundation for 2021, mate? Well, uh, hopefully everything gets back to normal. You yeah. can start having your functions and, t- and charity auctions and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, we, we obviously didn't have any events this year. Our main one is the Captain Drive, which is just, um, basically a torturous bike ride over six days, doing 800 kilometres and riding 10,000 uh, metres high. And we generally raised, you know well over a million dollars with 70 riders. So it's an incredible experience, and we have these great Australians and people from overseas come in as um, inspirational role models. They speak every night. And then we have the, 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 the fathers often of the kids with ready to riding on, on, with the other riders. So it's a real emotional week. And uh, hopefully that'll be back on next year. Our golf day will be back on again. So um, yeah. we've been fortunate that we sort of prepared for a rainy day and didn't know it was going to be COVID-19, but we still go, gave away over a million dollars in grants uh, to our grant recipients last year as well, or this year.
1: Fantastic. Well, Steve, we really appreciate your time uh, to talk to us, mate. It's been a great, great pleasure chatting to you again and all the best for the end of 2020 and a big 2021.
0: Yeah, thanks, mate. If anyone wants to interest in the book, it's uh, at steveward.com.au. Thanks, mate.
1: This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's only one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured, Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the only one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. First up in this week's reviews, we're talking earphones, and in particular, the Jabra Elite 85T. I'm a fan of Jabra. I think they're, uh, you know, you've of course, you heard of Bose and Sony and Sennheiser, all these big brands, but I think Jabra really punch above their weight there, they're, they're Earphones over the years I've really liked. I like the sound quality, the just the, the, the bass quality and their, the companion apps that also help improve the sound and their design. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they've they're really made a great reputation for themselves. And that continues with the Jabra Elite 85T. These are wire-free earphones, of course, and uh, the, these now include onboard active noise cancellation. And they use advanced ANC, which uses a dual chipset. So that chipset not only offers impressive noise cancellation, but also works in the background to help optimize the sound processing as well. Now with the 85T earphones, I've always been a fan of their design. I like how securely they fit, Uh, you know, a little twist twist into place and it's there. What they've done, they've actually taken that to another level. They've improved that even more because they've changed the shape of the ear gels. If you take a close look at the 85T, the ear gel is actually oval-shaped. Most other earphones have round tips that go into your ear canal. Not everyone's ear canal is round. In fact, they're more oval-shaped than round. So right off the bat, they're offering you a more comfortable fit with that oval-shaped ear gel. The other thing, too, that I like, too, is they have what they call a semi-open Design, and what that does, it helps get rid of the earplug effect. And for by that I mean, when if you ever stick your fingers in your ear and walk around, you'll feel your footsteps in your head. You know how that feels. So, and some some earplugs that cause this great this the the passive seal just with the silicon tips, and without the open design, it's like so. It's like you're holding. It's like you're holding your fingers in your ears and then say you want to use these on a run or a walk, you can kind of hear your footsteps through your head. That's how I hear it anyway. But with this semi-open design, that relieves that pressure and gets rid of that uh, earplug effect, which I think is a, is a huge, a huge move there. And now the noise cancellation with the Elite 85T comes through a six-microphone tech setup. So what happens? There's three microphone arrays on each earbud. So one on the inside, two on the outside. So these microphones are working to hear the ambient sound both inside your ear and outside your ear and then reverses the, that sound wave to cancel it out and give you just just, just your audio. And uh, that works, obviously, thousands of times per second. It's examining this ambient sound. What I like about the Elite 85T, though, is that it does allow you to to ramp it down gradually. If you want to go from noise cancellation to hear through to nothing, you can do that through the companion app. If you just toggle the controls on the left earbud, it actually takes you to ANC, hear through, and then back to ANC again, and then then off if you want to as well. And in the app, there are actually degrees where you can come down. If you want to finesse it a little more, you can maybe have... 75% 75% noise cancellation rather than going all the way to hear through. Hear through is when you can turn the noise cancellation off and then the microphones on the in and on the earbud work so you can hear your surroundings better. When all of those uh, effects are turned off, it's just you and your music. There's no nothing working in the background, no microphones working, no noise cancellation working. It's just your music. If you want to maybe save a bit of battery, okay, I suppose, but... Um, that doesn't make a huge difference. Speaking of the battery, battery life i found to be about five hours and that's actually below what Jabra say is so sort of five and a half hours. Could be a little bit better, not a deal breaker, but the good thing is that the case has up to 25 hours of charge so that you can, Pop them in the case again. If you want to do a quick charge, 15 minutes in the case will give you an an hour of listening time. So if you forgot to charge them or they're 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 not not fully charged, that you might have run out of battery and you want to listen for another hour, 15 minutes, pop them in, and uh, they'll be they're good to go for another hour. They're also IPX4 rated. So uh, that's that's rated for water resistance, and the the nice, comfortable, and secure fit means they're perfect for if you want to, if you're a runner, you're in the gym. They're not going to go anywhere. They're there to stay. They lock in really nicely. I, I do like how securely yet comfortably they fit in my ear. Now, sound quality very impressive. Jabra, just a nice big sound quality, big bold sound. Tiny 12 millimeter speakers on board this thing, and Really bold sound quality, lovely bass too. Very impressed with the level of bass as well. Uh, the, the level of noise cancellation, probably not on par with your Bose and Sonys and Sennheisers, but I think these still hold their own because these are much smaller earphones. So they are, they are actually doing not a bad job in the noise cancellation department because they are smaller and they're also a lot cheaper than those other brands as well. So I think uh, pound for pound, not too bad on the noise cancellation either. The companion app I mentioned earlier uh, is handy for you if you want to, apart from adjusting your noise cancellation and the sound modes, uh, you can also see the battery level of each earbud and the the battery level of the charging case. Uh, And you can also access equaliser presets. You might want a bass boost, treble boost. Uh, You might want to just be able to tweak the sound yourself. You can do that. There's also an interesting feature called My Sound and what, once you do that, it's a little uh, little calibration where you wear the earphones, it plays these noises and establishes how your, your ear listens to sound. We're all slightly different in how we listen to sound, and this can uh, create a profile for you so that it will optimise the sound quality. So it does, to your ears, sound a little bit better than just not having that calibration. I, I did the calibration out of the box, even without the calibration. I thought, these sound pretty good. With the calibration, slight improvement, not massive, but... Yeah, you know, a little, a little bit better is better than a little bit worse. Uh, they do have, I mentioned, twelve millimeter speakers on board, uh, but yet yeah, still relatively small. I, I like the size of these. The Jabra Elite eighty five T. Probably could be, could do better with the with the battery performance, but again, not a deal breaker. The case itself, by the way, is, is Qi wireless compatible, which means you just rest the bottom of the case on a wireless charger, the same charger you would charge a wireless uh, a compatible smartphone, and the charging case will actually charge wirelessly just by resting on one of those uh, charging mats. You can buy those products that can charge your phone, earphones, and watches at the same time. Uh, that that will the Jabra case for the 85T will work on those as well. Now they're priced at 349 bucks. Uh, you are getting a lot for your money there. I reckon maybe if these were 2.99, they'd be flying off the shelves. But I don't set the prices for Jabra. Still, that doesn't take away from the fact that these are pretty good earphones and with decent noise cancellation decent companion app as well and control of your sound by the way calls came through loud and clear as well so if you're on the phone a lot uh, you don't have to take these out these sound pretty good as well the Jabra Elite 85T earphones check out our complete review at (laughs) techguide.com.au Well, we are in December, and there are no shortage of uh, end, year-enders or best-ofs, and uh, we've seen last week, I think, Spotify released their most most listened-to uh, uh, songs and artists, and Apple Music did the same thing, and it was just basically The weekend and, and, and Billy Eilish and a few other people that you might not have even heard of. But uh, I'm here talking now about Apple and their App Store best-of winners. Now, Apple did this a couple of ways. They did... Uh, that their team of editors looked at uh, and they tested most of the most promising apps of that were released this year and came up with the best, their best. So these aren't necessarily the most popular. These have been judged the best of winners. Uh, and the winners were actually sent an award, a physical award, It was designed, it's precision milled from a recycled aluminium alloy with diamond cut alloy edges. There's a picture of the award actually on Tech Guide if you want to check it out, if you're lucky enough to receive one. Pretty good. Uh, But the iPhone app of the year was an app called Wake Out. And this is uh, an app that was created, this is Apple's words, uh, they showed us new ways to communicate, stay well and find joy in an unprecedented year. Why we love it. Wake Out helped us find the time and the will to keep moving with easy exercises that made the most of life at home. There you go. The iPhone game of the year was a game called an app called Genshin Impact. The, this is an open world RPG, so it's a role playing game. Freed gamers to explore a massive realm filled with, filled with colourful monsters and earth-shaking titans. Uh, I could go on, there's a lot, whole list of the iPad game of the year, the arcade game of the year, the Mac app of the year, but uh, I think the, the top free iPhone apps is really indicative of the sort of year we've had, uh, especially with COVID and, and how we've lived our lives in 2020. So the number one top free iPhone app is naturally the COVID Safe app, which some might argue was really not uh, as successful as, as was hoped. Number two, not surprisingly, also is the Zoom app because we weren't going to work, we weren't going physically to meetings, we were zooming. That's become a new verb. We're gonna have a Zoom meeting. Let's zoom in. I'll zoom you. You not heard those? Number three was TikTok. I think that's from we were bored out of our brains at home. Uh, couldn't go to work. Tried to keep the kids entertained. And TikTok was, uh, had a resurgence. Uh, number six was Coronavirus Australia. And then you'll see after this all the streaming apps. So Disney+, Plus, YouTube, then the music streaming apps. Spotify, Netflix is in there. But also in the top 20, number 17, Uber Eats. And number 18, My Maccas Ordering and Offers. So number 19 microsoft teams so looking back on this list we're going to say wow that was the covid year that was the year that where we were we were working from home checking the covid safe app streaming our content cuz the movies were shut and ordering our food from home cuz we couldn't go out we're in lockdown so um Interesting, the app charts for 2020, the top free iPhone apps. There's also the top paid iPhone apps. And then I also go into the top Apple Arcade games, the top free iPhone games, uh, top paid iPhone apps as well. All of those lists from 1 to 20 in all of those categories and also all the awards that that were judged, the judged awards by Apple. You can check all of those out and links to all of them as well at techguide.com.au. Well, it is Monday, December the 7th and we are halfway through uh, our Christmas gift guide. We're six days in, so we're we're halfway and I thought I would just sort of go back at the, uh, last week we'd only had our first day uh, of the Christmas gift guide, that was cameras. Since then we've had smartphones, wearables and smartwatches, headphones and speakers, gaming, tablets and e-readers and throughout this week, keep an eye Tech Guide, we've got coming up drones and gadgets, smart devices, in-car gadgets, TVs, Blu-ray, 4K discs, and then we've got appliances and computers also coming through uh, in the last half of the gift guide. Uh, So smartphones, we, we covered pretty well. That was day two. There's, look, I didn't. I didn't put all the most expensive phones in this category. I put the most, some of the different, more unusual devices, some of the more affordable devices. I think. I, look, if you're generous enough to buy someone an iPhone 12 Pro Max, then God bless you. most people are not. I think most people, especially parents, are looking to buy perhaps their child their first smartphone. Uh, so I, I did. While there is iPhones everything here, there are other choices, other cheaper options that I did include deliberately just to give my readers a choice. So I think the cheapest phone is $199 all the way up to $2,500 for the Moto Razor 5G folding phone. So there's quite a variety there. Uh, but in, in the wearables and smartwatch area, once again, plenty of choice here. And the cheapest is a $99 smartwatch uh, that, that is available from Big W. This is the this is the uh, not not the it's the V Fitness Smart Fitness Watch. It's the it's 99.95, and again for for under 100 bucks, getting a smart fitness watch is pretty good. There's also uh, Space Talk Life for seniors, and and naturally there's the Apple Watch Series Six. There's also the uh, Apple Watch SE, which is the more affordable Apple Watch. But there's also the Withings ScanWatch, which is the first uh, smartwatch in Australia that has an officially approved ECG. So the Therapeutic Goods Association uh, has, has, has approved this to be used in Australia. And this is ahead of Apple and Samsung with their smartwatches. They've been saying for two years that ECG is coming, but still hasn't been approved. Withings has got in ahead of them. There's also the Sunto 7, if you're more a, a runner... You're you're an outdoors person and sort of does all of that. It's a great sports watch and also a great smart watch at the same time. Samsung Galaxy Watch 3, naturally. The Huawei Watch Fit, I think that's a real dark horse. Cheap too, $199, a battery that lasts for two weeks. Incredible, I don't know how they do that. Uh, It is remarkable, that battery life. Uh, Then during, uh, later in the week, we had headphones and speakers. And again, this is just the plethora of choices here. This is probably one of the busiest ones we have. We do review a lot of, a lot of audio stuff. HomePod Mini is a good choice. That's for 149. Uh, and of course, you've got if you want to pay the Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. They're 399. Sony's Thousand XM4 headphones probably the best headphones we've reviewed this year as well. Uh, a great and great. They're also great choices. Uh, moving along, the next day we had gaming. Now I know PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X are rarer than unicorns right now. It's very hard to find them, but there are a lot of games and other accessories you can buy. And if you're a PC gamer, uh, headsets, there's even a, a good router from Netgear. The Netgear Nighthawk Pro is a gaming router. So if you're right into your gaming, whether it's PC or console gaming, the gaming router from Netgear is designed to reduce network latency. You can assign more bandwidth on your network, so you get you get a little bit more of it at home. If you're playing online, doing all those sorts of things, uh, can mean the difference between winning and losing. Definitely worth an effort there. Uh, and if you want to buy something maybe for your child, they're a PC gamer. There's the Precision 4-in-1 Gaming Bundle, again from Big W. This is ni- under $100, $99.95. Precision PC 4-in-1 Gaming Bundle comes with a, a illuminated keyboard. Headset, mouse, and a mouse mat. And with this has got RGB LED lighting. Under 100 bucks to get all those four things. I think a great surprise for your child. Uh, and today we, we had the tablets and e-readers. And naturally, iPad Air figured prominently, as did the Galaxy Tab S7 Plus, the iPad Pro. The Lenovo Chrome Duet. Now, this is a Chromebook slash tablet. So it's a Chromebook tablet. Attach a little keyboard, turns into a Chromebook laptop. Uh, if you uh, want to buy the family smartwatch bundle from Alcatel, they've got a little mini tablet and the TCL MT family watch in a bundle, 279 bucks. Laser has an Android tablet with 16 gig of data, 10 inch screen, 149 bucks. And of course, there's the eighth generation iPad. Which is the entry level iPad, but still a massive improvement over the last few years. And that's under $500 if you're interested in that. And of course, e reader is very popular. The Kobo Nia e reader, $149.95. It has a nice e ink glare free touchscreen. And of course, the device is the bookshop. So you can order directly from the device. It has a the comfort light that makes it really easy to use any time of the day or night. Won't light up the whole room like a tablet would with a backlight. Uh, and and also too naturally the Kindle is a is a, a keen keen uh, e-reader that are a lot very popular with with customers. One thirty nine they start at and one hundred and nineteen if you're a Prime member. So that's kind of the benchmark for your entry level e-readers. If you want to go a step higher, the Paperwhite e-reader, which has a slightly better front flush front design, uh, better better lighting system. That's one ninety nine, but one sixty nine for Prime members If you want to read our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas you know it head to we've through to, we're through six days already six days to go if you want to check it out we'd love you to do that techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen fanekck The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear they're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand Now is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming your work game, gaming, video calling, and more, then what are you? What about when or you're trying to do all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home, with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of your house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk, as it always has been, brought to you by Belkin. Belkin have some great Christmas gift ideas as well. They've got great batteries and cables and speakers and cases and screen protectors. Very important as well. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I had a really interesting question about a person building a home, and they were asking me about should they have the home pre-wired? And I said, absolutely, you should. So my advice, if you're building a home or renovating a home, and you can do this, run cables to every room so that you can connect, you can have a hardwired connection to the internet. So how it would work, you'd have a, a, a switch next to your modem in, in a part of your house. From that switch, the cables would run to every room. So every bedroom, lounge room, have a, have a, a Cat 5 point or Cat 6 point, which is an ethernet port. And an aerial connection so that if you wanted to connect a TV in the bedroom, connect a a gaming console, a TV, you can do that just with a cable in the wall. And cable will always beat Wi-Fi. As good as Wi-Fi is, as good as Orbeez Wi-Fi 6, and that's brilliant, I use that here, not everything can can, can be wired. You still need Wi-Fi, but for the products you can wire up, that's just going to take a load off the network. If you can have all your smart TVs wired, your gaming consoles wired, that's more bandwidth for other things to use in your house. Things where, that can't be wired, like a, 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 a smart camera, security camera, or a smart light, or, or a switch, or a sensor. They can't physically, there's no port on the back of them to connect them physically. They can only be connected by Wi-Fi. So you still need a decent Wi-Fi network, but absolutely, if you can cable your house, Imagine when you connect your TV, your set-top box, your gaming console—all these things that if you have got a hard-wire connection, there's, there there goes your buffering, there goes all your worries about watching 8K and eventually 4K and eventually 8K content. That, that that problem is solved. So if you have the opportunity, spend a few hundred dollars, pay an electrician to wire up your house, make sure that they have Cat 6. Aerial connections in all the bedrooms, all all the the lounge rooms and public areas where you want to have maybe have a TV or a gaming console or a computer. Uh, really easy to do it, and all of those cables then lead to this little little uh, IT little room you could set up where the modem is located next to a switch, and that's kind of the central the central brain of your house, the co- the connection the con- the junction of your home. But if you can do it, absolutely wire up your house. And that is full time on the show this week. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au and we'd love you to get in touch with us. We'd love hearing from you. Email us at info at or click on my face on the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage. And that'll get you through to me as well, and I'll get back to you with an answer. And you could even end up on the Tech Guide help desk with your question. Uh, we want to give a special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also a shout-out to Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe and private online. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.